0: Hello, everybody, it's Natasha. I uh, just wanted to let you know that this is a bit of a different episode because unfortunately Tess had some major tooth problems, so she was not able to record. Um, but we are still going to have our interview with Britton LaRue, the intuitive astrologer, so that Um, we can let everybody know what is up astrologically speaking from now until pretty much the end of the year so next week we will be back with our regularly scheduled programming regular schedule regularly okay you know what I mean and I hope you enjoy the interview see you next time
1: Life is magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher.
0: And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and spiritual coach. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Okay, so we are here with Britain, or I am here with Britain. I'm so used to saying we. (laughs) Um, So I'm just Britain has been obviously on our show many times, but I'm going to read her bio just in case this is your first time listening. So Britain is an intuitive life coach, writer, and teacher working from the perspective of alternative healing traditions, blending astrology, the tarot, energy healing, and guided meditation. Britain helps clients deprogram from unhelpful conditioning and remember their indestructible, beautiful, primal essence. Well, that is pretty great. She also, she does so many things also, and she has these amazing living your sign, living the signs, um, books on each sign every season. And they're so beautiful and I love them. So thank you for being here, Britton. Natasha. (laughs) So you were scheduled to come on here even before Tess had her sad to think, but, um, Uh, so I'm really excited that you're here because, you know, we're coming to the end of this, this transformative year, Looney Tunes year is another way to look at it. And, um, I would love to hear your perspective on what's coming at the end here. What can we look for?
1: Yes. Well, thanks for asking. (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, I would like to say that. 2020 has an interesting astrology invitation because we began the year with uh, a lot of particular energy and now we're closing the year with, what there's like cl- beginning uh, energy portal and then there's a closing portal. That mm. else, and it just happens to line up with the Gregorian calendar. Wow. Way, you know what I mean? And so what, we're well, what in-
0: do you mean? Like, what was the energy beginning? So we began with
1: in an eclipse followed two days later by the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, mm. which only happened one time because when they were retrograde at the same time, they didn't come back together again. So there was one very potent instance on January 12th when this happened. Mm. It initiated us into some themes that we've been dancing around the last couple of years and here it is mm-hmm. a conjunction that people have been talking about for a decade like oh my gosh what's 2020 going to be about mm-hmm. so um but as you know if you've been following the astrology the planet jupiter this year has been also dancing with saturn and pluto in the same area of the sky early 20s of capricorn is what mm-hmm. we've been looking at and so Right now we're wrapping up the three conjunctions of Jupiter with Pluto. And so that just happened yesterday, which was Thursday, um, as of this recording on November 12th. So I'd like to talk with you and guide listeners and how to be with what have I been learning with Jupiter-Pluto, which was sort of set in motion in many ways by the Saturn-Pluto conjunction at the beginning of the year.
0: Okay, so Jupiter, Pluto are conjunct as of uh, the 11th.
1: The November 12th.
0: November 12th, right, 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 today's, okay. So
1: I can guide you on the dates too.
0: Okay, so, well, let me just ask. so they've been, to, and so they're going to be together for how long?
1: Okay, oh, so Yep. Yeah. The first time that Jupiter, cause Jupiter is much faster moving. So okay. it kind of came in and crossed um, Pluto at the beginning of April on April 5th. So we can like take ourselves back to the beginning of April. Um, and then in late June, when they were retrograde, Jupiter went back over Pluto. And then since they've turned direct this fall, the third time now Jupiter's passing Pluto Um, November 12th. So this just happened. Boy, I don't think I like this.
0: What (laughs) now I'm remembering everything happening in those dates.
1: Let's talk about like, okay, well, what does that? So if you're listening and you're like, I don't know what that means, like, let's just focus on the thematics and I'll guide you in the themes. Remember that.
0: But wait, just tell me how long they stay together. That's the only thing I want to know
1: it's a peaking instant that has reverberations on either side. Uh,
0: Okay. For, for a while, like,
1: yes, for a week or two, a
0: week or two. Okay. That's what I want to know.
1: It's a three, it's a three part act, uh, like Mm -hmm. three play rather. Um, It's kind of the, a theme of the whole year, you know, it's like there we're dealing with it. It just has these peaking moments. That's how these work. Okay. So Let's let's look at then the thematics of these players and I'll guide you in thinking about, well, what does this mean for me? Mm -hmm. Remember that when we're looking at astrology, we are entertaining the idea, we're willing to experiment with the idea that the principles of what's happening between um, the planets and the sky has a correlation between what's happening thematically in human affairs. Like that's the basic mm-hmm. thing that we're experimenting with here. And if that's true, then what Why? we wanna know about that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So Jupiter is a planet that expands, tends to expand whatever it touches. And this can like go, go great or not great. Mm. <laughs> so, what's Jupiter expanding here is the principle of Pluto which can speak to to poison or death. It can speak to um, what we have compulsions around, what we repress, um, what we deny, what we're afraid to look at. What does Pluto want from us? It wants us to look at this stuff in order to transform ourselves and change ourselves. So Pluto's not fun, so to speak, or it's uncomfortable because, it's not fun for our ego to look at some of the things that pluto invites us into Mm -hmm. remember that when we're talking about astrology this is a collective experience and it's a personal experience Mm -hmm. and you can't can't, um separate those right like we are part of the collective and things happening in the collective are happening in our personal lives Mm -hmm. there's like layers of how this stuff shows up okay so What we'd be looking at with Jupiter, Pluto is a magnification of noticing like where some kind of poison is or where some kind of um, something in us that uh, compels us towards power in ways that might be out of alignment that we need to look at based Mm. on fear that we have. If we're in self-compassion here, right? Like self-compassion being what we're going for, Mm -hmm. really an invitation to look at ways, thinking about how this is in Capricorn, which is a sign that's about excelling and doing a really good job and being admired for doing a good job, for um, achieving in some way. Mm. A a really powerful invitation is to look at the ways that one might... um, grab for things or engage in behaviors that are a little bit toxic or a little bit fear-based or a little bit controlling, or maybe a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like where might we rely a little? Where might we um, just need to be humbled in some way mm-hmm. um, in order to notice like what, we, what we're capable of doing on, Trying to get to the top, and mm-hmm. some, way. you know, because Capricorn is about climbing the mountain. So not- this
0: Jupiter Pluto is in Capricorn.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, like, to give an example of what I mean, I would say that we have had a powerful invitation from um, people of color this year. I'm speaking as a white person. Mm-hmm. To um, to not just jump, to, to not take someone, a person of color's ideas and just claim it as their own. You know, mm. not, mm. to stop colonizing in areas that are not ours in mm. order to try to get ahead in some way. Like mm. this is powerful, like collective invitation for everyone to do some internal work on where they um, might colonize in some way in order to help themselves get ahead. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This component comes in when we realize like that we've been um, we've been raised in a society of scarcity and there's just a lot of fear that we have to
0: mm-hmm. somehow
1: engage in some practices that are out of integrity to get ahead in some way mm-hmm. it's a very I think a key word here is it's very humbling to be in this invitation this year but it's so important and it's so powerful yes. Yeah. Be with yourself and notice, like, what are some things that I do out of fear? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that I'm not going to get ahead and I'm afraid I'm not going to be okay. Or I'm afraid people aren't going to see what a really good job I'm trying to do. Mm. Like, I think from an authentic place, then the there's like, when Pluto's involved, it can get warped in some way mm-hmm. so that we behave in, in ways that then we feel bad about. So we try to not see. and hide.
0: Right. I wonder um, if, well, because you also, not to make this um, real personal after you gave such a beautiful collective example, but like in July, that's when listeners of the show may know all of my, I had a, we do rescue work and I had a bunch of cats start dying. That started right in July. So I wonder, and you said Pluto's about death. And when I looked underneath it, it was like, oh, you know, I, this is also about codependency for me and, you know, feeling I need them to be okay in order for myself to be okay. But that doesn't sound very Capricorny. But
1: what we do with Pluto is we notice what we think we have to have.
0: Oh, okay.
1: The ego grasps the thing because... There's this fear that the lack of the thing will create death of some kind, or it will um, had it, yeah. Do it. And and so in that fear, we can have compulsions or these kind of uh, attachments that ultimately are aren't able to show us how powerful we really are. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, if you're willing to take the invitation, can show you how strong you are when you go into that stuff. But obviously if you repress or deny it, like we can see a lot of public figures do people Mm do you deny, um, your chance to look at yourself when you have these invitations, things just can get more gnarled and messy. So if you've been
0: looking at it, then maybe this is like, oh, you've learned in April, you've learned in July or end of June, and now you're going to, it's like, oh, this is like the culmination of it. How have
1: you learned? Exactly. I mean, for my part, just to help keep it up to personal examples, Mm -hmm. I feel like um, over the course of each of these um, meetups, I've had a lot of opportunity to look at my relationship to like how I cite sources as a writer mm-hmm. and how I um, grow from teachers' ideas to make transform them into my own words. And I've bumped up against yeah. some times where I felt like worried that, you know, where's the line between kind of taking other people's work to make it yourself sound better mm. and lifting other people up and celebrating them so that you send people to go check their workout while also citing them makes your work stronger. Like there's sort of like this gray area. And I feel like I've just been on a journey this year to just tighten my sources, get really honest with myself. Like, have I sourced this properly, cited this properly? Mm. Make sure that I'm not out of integrity with um, the relationship between my voice and somebody I admire's voice. Mm. And with that, that is facing my own fears that like my voice isn't good enough on its own, or that I can't say it without um, stepping on other people's ideas to help me. And yeah. so, cleaning that cleaning that dynamic up has been a big theme for me personally. Mm.
0: Com- Self compassion really is so important there because also it's like, especially with the work that we do, it's like, it's already all out there. (laughs) Like, even if, you know what I mean? It is like this collective consciousness thing. And it's, it is, um, it is beautiful to, to acknowledge um, people that you admire that inspired you. That's beautiful. But then also it's like, I don't know, being compassionate with yourself, that it is all the same, and in a way, it's nobody's.
1: Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and as a very Piscean person, yeah, <laughs> as a very Piscean person, I'm aware that I'm always like absorbing. I'm just like, yes, absorbing. I'm listening to podcasts, everything's coming in, and then I'm writing, and it's like coming out my hands, and it's just a lot of like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, did mm-hmm. I like. I just have to make, there's just a backtracking like just to be sure, because at the end of the day, I still want to be honest of um, where like a a powerful seed there came from. And then here's how I'm going to take that seed and make it something that I, that comes from me now, you
0: know? It's so interesting. You're talking about that and this is kind of going off astrology, but what's so interesting is like, I my guide showed me this thing you know I was telling you about before and I've talked about it a little bit on here about this reprogramming of the subconscious and like it's just this amazing thing and then like a month later I found a teacher who was teaching that same thing and I was like oh my god it's the same thing I didn't actually feel oh no I felt like I well if I did it was more like I don't want anyone to feel like I'm stealing you know what I mean like it's like but it is but I only felt that for a little bit mostly I felt like oh my god everything is like it's all we're all part of the same consciousness (laughs) like it's all out there you know it's just a matter of like who when it's when you're gonna grab it it's just all the Anyway,
1: I know exactly. The first one coincided with me realizing I called my year-long astrology class, charting your course, and then I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see that Heidi Rose Robbins has an uh, online called charting your course. Oh so wow! I reached out to her. She's if you're listening, she's a, a wonderful astrologer, and just said hi. You know, um, I'm I'm an astrologer. I admire your work. I I thought that this was my brilliant idea on a run. I remember the moment I thought of yes, it. Yes,
0: exactly. You've already thought of it. Yeah.
1: I just like let's just be open about this because I yeah. uh, I wanted her and she loving uh, really lovingly was like keep the name. It's a great name.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: use it.
0: I mean but, just for business reasons it's probably not a great idea just because yeah. then people but but it is I'm yeah, exactly, especially doing spiritual work like it doesn't, we're all just trying to enlighten ourselves. (laughs) I went off topic, but it was just too on point because it had just happened where I was like, oh my God, this, it's just all out there. We're all just, yeah. So,
1: okay. Related on that, those were the two surges, the first two of COVID. Yes. I first, this, like, I realized this intuitively, but it's been beautifully charted by Chris Brennan on the astrology podcast. Mm. Uh, Pluto's conjunctions were um, central, like they lined up perfectly to the surges in the Spanish influenza in
0: 1918.
1: And so, so far this year, again, early April, late June, and then now it's happening again. So astrologers are connecting the Jupiter Pluto also with covid and thus two things related like Jupiter rules school and travel and those things are um, are are increasingly blocked you know in these periods so mm,
0: that's so. why I keep wanting to be like well how long does it go for <laughs> how long will how long does it last this Jupiter Pluto thing'
1: We're, they're going to begin separating now oh okay and- and Jupiter will move on into a different sign by mid-December, which isn't to say that I'm saying we're done with COVID or anything like that, yeah. but that signature is passing on.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in, and if we go with that, it's like, yeah, there were surges. Yeah. But then it did start to get better, but then it came back. And,
1: yeah. yeah. Now again.
0: Um, okay. So is, are you, does that seem good?
1: Yeah. That is what I was wanting to share. That's huge. And so okay. the, the main thing to conclude with is just w- whenever we're in a learning journey in astrology, it's really important to close it out, you know, with a cl- a sense of clarity around what it was for you and what you learned from it. So mm-hmm. that, the idea is that as the cycles then shift, like you know what your new tools are. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if, if the invitation is like, do some journaling, do some contemplating on a walk or something and think about how you've been changed in some way um, in those, across those periods of time by those themes.
0: I feel like this year in so many different um astrology what do you call that when they're in conjunct or like or just like the patterns whatever there's so many astrology there's a trans I can't think of the word um anyway um that these cycles that it's all this year been about Different ways to claim your power. You know, like what are all the ways that I'm giving away my power? What are all the ways I can get more clear about it that I'm, you know, not owning it or, you know, going into the shadow? But it's all been like this real renovation <laughs> of, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: the next one I was going to talk about is the Mars retrograde ending. Yes. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Like get into that. Yes. So Mars is our energy. It's our thrust into life. It's our bravado and confidence. It's how we go after the things that we want. It's the fight in us. So it's also our assertiveness and our aggression and our warlike behavior. So everything in astrology is neutral on a spectrum, right? So all those different aspects can come forward and be reshaped and ideally healed when we have, we have like call-ins with the different principles. Mm -hmm. Ours is the rarest retrograde. It only goes retrograde like once every year and nine months ish. Mm -hmm. So, um, we pay attention when this is happening. It's a two month retrograde. So it started September 9th. Um, and then it ends today. We're, we're talking on Friday, the 13th of November. So for those listening and ended three days ago or two days ago. And also, um, you include the chapter before and after, because that includes like the buildup information where you're like starting to understand what you're being invited to learn. And then the retrograde is like, I'm in the thick of learning this. And then you begin to feel like, oh, that's what that was teaching me. Mm. um, It's been um a period where a lot of people have felt a lot of frustration at how at trying to push through their normal like energy capacities or work capacities. And it's been aggregated, aggravated because Mars has been in a square most of that time, which is a hard 90-degree angle to Mars. So um between Saturn and Mars. So Saturn likes things to take a long time. Saturn wants things to be methodical and slow and done correctly, long haul. And so there's been this sense of like the burden of not enough time, the burden of like, I can't get to the stuff that I want to get to. So the will feels very frustrated. Hmm. Um, I feel like, oh, I've just heard from so many people, like, I'm sorry, I haven't been able to get to this. I'm sorry that i a lot of apologizing right because like the sense of like I should be able to right mm. but I feel like I can't and again I feel like humility is one of the huge lessons because when we bump up against it it's like why do I feel like I have to be this and do this and accomplish this and and so again that self-compassion becomes such a key piece in working with what we're noticing yeah Um, I cannot be more excited. I'm wearing red today because I'm celebrating Mars (laughs) going forward. Like I need to have my energy back. Like, please. Mm. That's interesting. I
0: haven't noticed that personally. I, I wonder if it's because I actually have felt pretty much the opposite of that. And I Um, my progressed son now is in Aries for a long, I feel so Aries, and I don't really feel I haven't felt that. But um, I will also say that one thing this year has taught me so much is I have gotten really great at being compassionate with my waning and whack the all the ebbs and flows of my energy. And I have noticed that that really has helped. Like, if I'm, I'm just like, oh, I'm not getting anything done today. Whereas that's, that's what's happening. (laughs) You know, whereas before it would have been like, oh no. And then it would have contracted and I would have been resistant and then it would have been worse. And maybe that's why it's been a little easier for me because there have definitely been days like that, but I'm, um, I'm really, I think, so I'm just reiterating your point, not to, I'm not trying to be like, I'm great. And everyone else is bad. at <laughs> I'm just trying to say like your point about compassion is so important. It really works.
1: Well, cause I think the larger invitation is to understand our precious energy and what it needs from us, you know, like, yes. And for, in your case, it's Deeper listening to where you're at that day, you know. Yes. And um, for me, I because I was signed up for the this releasing trauma class with Luis Mojica. I didn't know when I signed up. In a Mars retrograde, mm. that I was asked to give up coffee. <gasps> so I have been learning a of adrenaline, which is very Mars. <laughs> very wow. Mars. Wow. I've been learning about how adrenaline works in my body. And when I remove coffee, how it, how it feels and like how my ego handles this information, you know, it's thrashing, like I want my caffeine. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's interesting. Making my body slow down, learning to listen to a slower body, Mm. how weird it feels to not be so like hardcore because nice. awesome. I that, love my morning coffee. I don't, I have one cup. It's not I'm like I'm a huge oh, coffee drinker, Interesting. but I, I love it. I feel it. I have a sense, very sensitive system. So it's it's like, I really love how I feel when I'm on it because I feel charged, but that charge has its effects on my stress and all kinds of things. So yeah, it's been amazing learning experience um yeah lines up really well with the idea of a mars going backwards like remove remove excess adrenaline Mm, yeah
0: removing excess adrenaline that's interesting
1: the other thing about the mars retrograde is it um, aggravates because it's in relationship to saturn and capricorn the themes we've been learning since 2018 with Saturn in Capricorn. Because Saturn's going to be leaving in December. So we're also closing our time with Saturn and Capricorn. People who were born with Saturn and Capricorn are finishing their Saturn returns. Mm. Saturn will then be in Aquarius for two years. So it's time to close that out. Like, what have I been learning? And I wanted to share with you guys What I wrote in my Capricorn workbook as like a lesson that each rising sign has learned. Oh, fun! Yeah, this
0: is great.
1: Yeah. So I wrote, and this is still up for revisions because we haven't sent it to the printer yet. Mm -hmm. But the Saturn and Capricorn invitation for Aries rising. To accept that achievement and doing it all will not bring me the healing I desire. Oh, and I say beforehand, it's my presumption that what we're all after is a healing revolution.
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah.
1: And because humbling is a key word, that's why I begin with to accept. Mm. Aries rising, to accept that achievement and doing it all will not bring me the healing I desire. Taurus rising to accept that trying to control the unknown and the chaos of life will not bring me the healing I desire. Gemini rising, to accept that repressing and hiding the fullness of my truth will not bring me the healing I desire. Cancer rising, to accept that constantly denying my own needs to serve other people will not bring me the healing I desire. Leo rising, to accept that perfectionism is not a path That will bring me the healing i desire virgo rising to accept that putting boundaries around how much joy and love i let in will not bring me the healing i desire libra rising to accept that seeking deep roots of foundational support outside myself will not bring me the healing i desire Scorpio rising to accept that silencing my voice for fear of my truth, that my truth will make people uncomfortable will not bring me the healing I desire. Sagittarius rising to accept that seeking external sources of security and rhythm will not bring me the healing I desire. Capricorn rising to accept that a harsh internalized critic and fear of failure will not bring me the healing I desire. Aquarius rising to accept that pushing through life without rest healing and dreaming will not bring me the healing I desire and Pisces rising Natasha (laughs) to accept that the narrative that I don't belong or have something worthy to contribute will not bring me the healing I desire oh my god that's exactly what I'm working
0: on it's amazing (laughs) I mean yeah the the yeah that's crazy I mean, not crazy, but I love it. Well, that is, and then it goes into Aquarius, right?
1: Exactly. And so it'll be the next house. And the way this exquisite geometry of astrology, the zodiac, has been set up, each house like prepares us for the next house, right? So the idea is, this is why it's really nice to wrap up everything you've been learning with a bow and just really. Mm. So that when you move into this next phase, you really feel like you've, you've got all your tools and you know what you learned, and now you're going to go put that to the next phase of the story.
0: It's really beautiful because life is just about growing and, and learning. And when you are looking at it with this lens, it's just, it really enriches your life in such a big way. As my cat climbs in front of me, he, Curtis agrees. Um, Okay. So we should probably wrap up kind of soon, but I wanted to ask you, yeah, you mentioned before with me something about Uranus and or anything else you feel important.
1: I feel it's important to mention for listeners that we are coming into eclipse season. Um, Oh, yes. There, the, the, the eclipses are now in Gemini and Sagittarius because the, the nodes are, the, the lunar nodes are some, it's a point, two points in the sky opposite each other that map the point where the sun and moon come together from the position of earth. So thus we have eclipses because one of the two is getting blocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we're in eclipse periods, what we can call eclipse windows, we are, we're things are more heightened they're more emotional we tend to see a lot quickly um and upon seeing a lot and feeling a lot we feel like we want to act upon these things and it's a just a revelatory period of the year so mm. 2020 has six 2021 2020 <laughs> has four so <laughs> Uh, part of 2020's intensity, we can say, has been because of the eclipse. Uh, so many eclipses. Mm. The first of the Gemini Sag eclipses was June 5th. So this was the peak of um, riots and um, people coming together um, around what they want to see collectively in the world, what they want to see in their communities, and it was it was a very emotional time. And it was charged with um, what Gemini and Sagittarius can bring us into is this idea of facts versus beliefs. Mm. So we're coming into a November 30th and a December 14th eclipse window. Mm. Okay. We were in Gemini Sagittarius eclipses back after 9-11 when um oh boy to the Iraq war oh, sh- uh, and it was also a time where there was a lot of like charged beliefs that t- tend to um, flood facts like where you see a lot of people believing what they want to believe oh, right? and the the invitation is to move towards information the invitation is to move towards conversation because mm-hmm. of Gemini so, Gemini- would that
0: also just asking because it's Gemini, would that also mean there's kind of a, a tendency to double down on the polarities
1: of things? Sure, totally. Things happening in double. Mm. Um, and with South Node and Sagittarius, there can be a tendency when, where the South Node is, sometimes things can go more sh- shadow like. And so that would be like being really dogmatic, mm. really um, identified with your ideologies, so that you can't see facts and you don't, you you're, you you refuse to listen to them. Right. You refuse to have conversations with someone who um, won't line, who won't take your side of like a belief on something. Mm. And so we all feel this. Yes, <laughs> we do. So. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know if these eclipses, of course, will bring us back to the beginning of June, or if it will be like a new phase of this similar arc that we're working through. At an individual level, to me, this is what I really care about. To me, it's um, just noticing where our beliefs can color our interpretations of things, yeah. and more information, and to have conversations with people that may have different opinions or beliefs than us and have different positionalities than us in order to, um, like dislodge our like stuckness in our own belief reality, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's been the whole thing. This election is, it's been so polarizing, but also so devoid of facts. There's <laughs> just been a lot of like, Oh, the facts aren't the
1: facts um we had we've we've this has been going on for more than this year right Mm -hmm. but yes I started to feel around the eclipse last June like it just felt like I was living in an alternative reality in terms of the waves of information and disinformation and yes back then let's see like conspiracy theories is a huge conspiracy theories is a big theme with this Mm. type of nodal structure so
0: so does sure that I wonder if it's similar to the Jupiter Pluto conjunction in that it's like okay we're coming to maybe a closure of it or a, okay now I realize this and let's like you said wrap it up with a bow as opposed to amplifying it
1: ongoing story because it will continue in 2021 we're in like there's no bow you're saying oh we're in chapter Oh no Four. So, um, uh, I think it take us deeper and, you know, we can't control collective, but we can control, you know, look at right. ourselves and just be in our own work that if you start to say you should, mm. um, if you start, if you're forwarding articles, <laughs> changing people's opinions.
0: Mm. Okay. <laughs> what if you're posting them in your stories? Okay. That's-
1: <laughs> Probably all people who were like, "I love that post." Yeah, exactly. Each other, and you know, in Instagram. (sighs) But, um, uh, you know, it is a good time to try to have actual conversations as opposed to Mm. um, posts that are loaded with. um, You should really think like me.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It is hard.
1: hard learning experience yeah
0: I mean especially when you're talking about racism and human rights you know it's like wow how and conspiracy theorists who are not looking at actual facts this is a it's hard so I guess that is when you come down come back to your own compassion and look at what you need and going from there as opposed to trying to change people.
1: Yeah. And I think that what inspires me right now is the idea of rather than fight and try to change people's minds,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, just focus on building the world that I want to see. Yeah. The conversations I want to have and um, exchanging ideas the way I want to exchange ideas and just let that lead my own light. Yes like constellate people around me who are like-minded and are also excited about that and just see how, what we can do through that, that kind of paradigm. Yes.
0: That, that, that really is the way to do it. Like give to organizations you believe in, support them however you can write postcards, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, whatever. And from your light and from your own self-compassion, and then that will Bring it out into the world, which is what all this is. I mean, hopefully it's all about coming back to that. To that whatever you believe, if you're coming from a point of compassion, then it's gotta leave lead the way to to a brighter future. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. Did you want to say something about Uranus?
1: Oh, just Uranus is just a growing player. It's, Uranus is the great awakener. It tends to bring sudden realizations, shocking uh, unexpected turns of events and um, quick rapid growth. Uh, Uranus is a neutral energy, but it tends to destabilize because it wants us to get liberated and be authentic with ourselves. And that's not always easy if you are really invested in things not changing. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, Uranus it
0: sounds is- a lot like Pluto.
1: Yeah, it just has a different, um like, fear isn't as much present, you know? Yeah, it's I feel so that. Like down, kind of, enter- like, down into the roots of things, energy where Uranus is more in the mind.
0: Expansive. Modern, like
1: fear, yeah. Insights and downloads and um realizations it helps you see things,
0: yeah
1: right um and it's it's a very liberating electric quality mm-hmm. and it's coming in as a much stronger player next year and just this fall we've been having uranus invitations because with sun and then scorpio um and also scorpio making oppositions from scorpio to taurus where uranus is There's been some Uranian energy, which um, in my life has felt very invigorating and Mm -hmm. exciting and like, oh my gosh, just realizations. I feel like I've been coming in, speaking to the houses where I have Taurus and Scorpio.
0: Oh, where you have Taurus and Scorpio.
1: I just wanted to kind of flag that especially for people who may have planets in the like six to 11 zone of Taurus or Scorpio, that there might be a lot of, um, just new energy that's coming in for you mm. uh, I can feel destabilizing like so much of this year. And, um, there can be a restlessness to Uranus energy, uh, mm-hmm uh because it's so electric feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to share it in case for some listeners that's been like a more pronounced energy that maybe some people aren't picking up on as much.
0: Mm-hmm. When you say um, six to eleven you mean six to eleven degrees, right?
1: Yeah, degrees if you know your chart. Mm-hmm. If you don't, chart, don't worry, just focus on the themes that I'm speaking of.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well that is great. Um so thank you so much for all of your insight
1: a lot of information but there is just so much right now to um process and to help hold ourselves i think you know to me that astrology holds me um and helps me feel grounded in uh how the symbols light things up in my imagination to help Hmm. move through whatever I'm moving through.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it can be very validating, like, okay, this is what is being lit up right now. And it's not my fault. (laughs) And, you know, like, I'm not I'm not out of my mind. It's like, and so how can I, it always comes back to how can I feel validated? How can I com- be compassionate in yes. those? Yeah. Um. So since Tess isn't here this week, I invited Britton to join me for our last segment, which is always about um, uh, we, where we pull a card for the week. But actually, before we do that, we usually do our housekeeping. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find you?
1: Oh, okay. Um, at BritainLaRue.com and at Britain LaRue on Instagram. Uh, the moon places, as well as my podcast Moon to Moon.
0: Oh yeah, and you have your Living the Signs. You have you said all the ones you've done, but Sagittarius is coming up, right? Is that the one you're
1: here? I'm already shipping it.
0: Oh, mm-hmm.
1: exciting and Capricorn is written so we're in design phase so the last thing to write is Aquarius and then I'm still revising Pisces and some of the older books so that they look like the newer books because it's been a a book a month type thing until now which is a little bit faster oh nice Uh, over time they've evolved and they've they've gotten bigger (laughs) And um, the formattings and things have changed. So we're we're revising everything so that it's ready in December. They're all ready in December.
0: Oh, that's fun. Those are great gifts if you're looking for a gift. Um, And you can find me at highestlighthealing.com and you can, um, and on Instagram at highestlighthealing. And you can sign up for my newsletter there. Oh, you can sign up for Britain's newsletter on her site too. It's a really good one. Um, and what else do I have to say about it? Oh, Magic Monday. You can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com. Um, you can ask us a question on there and on Instagram, Magic Monday podcast and on Facebook, Magic Monday pod. And we have Magic Monday podcast listeners, which is a really fun group on there. All right. And then Tess, let's just say Tess Whitehurst.com. Um, she is a great, um, ebook about love little book on love spells and it's come out in paperback i think which is very exciting um and on instagram at test444 all right so what are you reading from
1: if you're working greer tarot
0: what is it you keep i think because it's zoom i keep if i'm talking anywhere near you i don't hear what you said but say it one more time Morgan Greer. Morgan Greer. Okay, great. So you pick, you want to pick first, or you have? I'm going to pick. I'm picking from the Starseed Oracle by Rebecca Campbell. Okay, one second. Okay. Oh, interesting. Well, I got cracked open, rock bottom surrender to the alchemy of life.
1: Would you say this? That's very Plutonian and very Scorpionic. I mean,
0: it's like what you were just talking about, as always happens when we pick cards. Um, so this says, Don't let the weight and density of the world squash your tender spirit. Instead, let it call even more of it home into your body at the center front of your life. It's through extreme pressure of life's trials that diamonds are cultivated. It's when things are at their darkest that we cultivate proper faith and our light is ignited. It's through the crumbling that we can allow our wounds to be alchemized. Let your pain, sorrow, and losses make you, not break you. Let life alchemize your tragedies into gold. There's there's more here, but You know what, I want to read it because it's really beautiful. Um, Be open to being cracked open, wide open. It's the difficult times that help us grow in leaps and bounds and in ways that we could only dream were possible. When your heart cracks open, a space is created for your soul to more fully enter. I love that. When your soul cracks open, a space is created for the grace of the Holy Spirit to enter. Stay open to the possibility that your tra- tragedies, your losses, your sorrows, and your hurt happened for you, not to you. Surrender to the alchemy of life. Wow. That's all really.
1: A hundred percent perfect. Yeah. 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 That was Pluto. That could be, you changed the title to Pluto. <laughs> yeah. What I really love is that I fooled the empress. I love that too. And that has, there are several ways to play with the, the, the duo. One of them being that the Empress is ruled by Venus and Venus rules Taurus, which is the opposing sign of Scorpio. Mm. And um, this idea of like opening yourself to your own generativity Um, is like the thematic of the axis between Taurus and Scorpio. Like we have to have that kind of opening to death and opening to the hard stuff down Mm -hmm. and within, like crack open.
0: Yes.
1: So in order to have the garden of Taurus and like flourish and have fruits and flowers and receive all of those wonderful gifts that we want to have come spring. Yes. That's so perfect. And Empress is very like kind of legs open, feeling <laughs> like open,
0: you know. I love it. Oh my god.
1: In all the ways we could mean by that of just like um creative, fertile generativity, and how that can come from the deepest, darkest places. Um yes. so Taurus, right there.
0: I love it. And it's so great because it's like bring in that empress that inner loving mother like i was talking about with self compassion like whatever's happening if you come back to the self compassion that empress that nurture that 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 is the um yeah that alchemy between that and the pluto is just perfect
1: yeah. venus ruling the heart and at the heart area i remember you posted recently this idea of like if you're in a trigger, if you're having a hard feeling to send it to the heart and let heart energy do that alchemy there. Yes, exactly. And I was
0: actually, I was just, we were talking about this on the Instagram live. I was talking about that feeling of, you know, that feeling when you get a massage and someone is like really digging into the, the, like, and it hurts, but it also feels really good. It's like, that's the feeling I feel when I bring shame into my heart. It's like, oh, but it feels good.
1: But like, oh, it's painful. (laughs) I think that's kind of all of 2020. (laughs) I hope so. I hope the
0: good part, the feeling like able to, yeah, open up that heart space and let that pain in. Accepting all of it, life is just like it's all of it, and and loving all of it is is a helpful way to look at it. I think my cat just meows, so and that's a good ending. All right, well, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you. Yes, thanks so much for being here. Um, and well, Tess will be back next time, so we'll see you there. Tell me how long they stay together.